0: Welcome back to another episode of Trail Culture. So stoked to have Joart van Heerden, um, the North Face athlete and the favorite child of South African trail running with us today. He is originally from the Lofalt, making the move to Cape Town a couple of years ago. Growing up with running as a sport and passion from early means that he's been running for most of his life, I think plus minus 20 years uh, he's an all-rounder who studied law in Potch and is a qualified attorney. So that's what he's busy with when he's not on the trails. When I tried to put together a list of all your results, I realized I'm going to run out of time if I read all of them. So just some some highlights of the result behind, results behind UART's name include the SMB's record for the Otter Trail in both the Retter and the Classic Direction, um, a win, and if I'm not mistaken, a record also at the mutt 60K, the course record at the Giants Cup Trail at UTD, as well as the FKT on Mafari Peak and Faced Eister, alongside his fellow Rampokers, which translates loosely to hooligans, <laughs> Daniel Klaassen and Carl Herring. And Juart has just returned from a racing season in Europe. We had some great results and some tough days out in the mountain, and he is busy prepping for Otter, which is just a few days away. Welcome, Juart.
1: Hi, Emily. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, looking forward to our chat and sharing some insight into what's going on in my mind.
0: Awesome. Yo, I'm so happy to have you. You are our first kind of topic. I was like, you're a homemade trail runner doing a little bit of research. I get that the family vibe is strong And your dad. Ari was your first coach track and cross country. And there seems to be a large group of here than siblings that are all, I don't know who's faster than who, brothers and a sister. Um, but yeah, chat to us a little bit about your your background, growing up with a dad who he taught you everything he knew, and with a bunch of competitive siblings.
1: Uh, yes, um, thank you for that question. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. I think from since I could remember, we basically start. I started training f- when I was six years old, and my dad being um, our first coach. I'm one of five siblings, so. Um, I remember some of my first memories of, of, of training is doing track workouts when my, my dad is near and we always used to hate it when he comes to workouts because we knew we had to train extra hard. Um, he came out of a typical military um, background, so um, <laughs> go hard or go home um, attitude towards training. Um, yeah, he basically started training quite late in his life Um, I think only Matrik one of his stories that he told us is in Matrik him and a mate wanted to do um, inter-eye and they started training in the evenings at 8 o'clock so that their friends couldn't see Um, and they used to train 18 minutes each night and they thought that was world class training Um, but he made a lot of progress in a very short time and he Uh, he was meticulous with his training locks and still some of my best memories is reading some of his old training blocks. Um, he used to train very hard. I think that typical 1980s golden age of South African athletics where, um, they filled out stadiums, 20, 20 to 30,000 people at a athletics meet, um, yeah, it was the golden years of, of athletics in South Africa. And looking back at some of the workouts that he's done uh, is truly inspiring. And he's still having a big impact in my running career and making some suggestions. And um, I'm taking it to hard. And sometimes he can be, he can criticize, but I know it comes out of a good place. And I know he wants the best for us. Um, and I truly appreciate his insight in our in our training and growing up and nurturing us to become the athletes that we are today so yes i've got three brothers and one sister and um, all of them run from being more serious athletes to being more novices but we all enjoy and love training and moving around Three of them have done Otter to give you a little bit of an idea. They have done Skyrun, so they do some trail running. And yes, we come from a typical track and field background. Nice. Uh, Growing up doing cross country and athletics and basically all sports in in school. And then... um, Started to move into the trail, trail running space when, when we all read Born to Run. I remember back in 2011, I was matric. My brother gave me this book and he said, "This will wow. Look at this." And we all bought ourselves barefoot shoes. I bought myself a pair of New Balance Minimus shoes, and I ran 3,000 kilometers in one pair. Wow. Um, was truly hooked, and I think my my dad. Yeah, with that fatherly knowledge, basically just said, this is a fad and it will pass. It will fade, yeah. <laughs> and we thought he was out of his mind and he didn't read the book and everything. And he eventually read the book and he said, he's standing at his point. He is convinced that it will, it's just a phase. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like a true prophet, he was correct.
0: That's so cool. You I think what you said now about you guys, some are novices, some are more um elite. I think your guy's standard of novice in your family would be a nightmare for most people. or I can imagine your guys' family holidays, somebody new joins, everybody wakes up for a five a k or a trail run, and it's just. Uh, yeah, it ends up being a massive long run, I can imagine.
1: You are joking now, but it's actually true.
0: <laughs> do you guys have a disclaimer when friends join you on holiday? You should tell them.
1: Uh, yeah, there's no no sleeping in. We all go. Sumay, my wife's Pilates instructor. So now these days we are all injured and old. So we rather do Pilates in the mornings and go and run in the afternoon compared to running twice when I was younger.
0: You are, so, I mean, you've been running, I think now I saw for almost 20 years. Uh, so I, I wrote down here, you would have had a training shift over 10 years, but let's just double that and, and talk about, well, we're not going to cover 20 years, uh, I think in one one episode, but it sounds like, I mean, you've had multiple coaches, you've got kind of different streams of knowledge coming in. You're well-read yourself. You're a coach yourself now alongside Louis um, and you guys have established VertCo, which is awesome and more on that a little bit later, but I think specifically in the last two years, or we can call it the last two racing seasons, you've seen quite a lot of change. You've spent quite a lot of time in Europe um, and you've had great international experience and you've also done some awesome fast racing and risk-taking on SA soil. Um, So yeah, what would you say has changed the most for you training-wise, if anything, in the the last two years?
1: Wow, tough question. Um, And I think there's a lot to go into. Um, I think coming from a typical... Track and field background you grow up doing a lot of v o two max sessions, shorter interval sessions um basically three times a week, just doing a lot of track track work um some short intervals, um some tempo runs, but all of it is all the sessions were close to your top end speed and were quick. I remember I started training really seriously when I was in my matric year for cross country, cross country season. Before that I was training, but never so seriously. And from there on started to, to make the change to, to start running more miles, reading all the coaches, the offered Lidia, the hundred mile principle of trying to run 160 Ks a week. Then went to varsity, um, where everyone's doing a lot of track. I went to Poch. That's one of the reasons going to Poch of There was a very good middle distance group there training under John Fristar, a very um a world class coach. Um and he has been coaching a lot of great athletes and getting there and starting to do some serious training and um got but I always saw myself more uh, inclined to doing more endurance type of training. So I remember back in my third year, I had a stretch of, I think, 16 weeks or something like that, doing 100-mile weeks uh-huh. in and out and doing three speed sessions a week. Um,
0: in the mix of the 100-mile training.
1: 100%. So, yes, I, I I always look back on those logbooks and I think to myself, wow. That was some, that was a special time of training. Um, I don't think, unfortunately with with life now and a lot of things that I'm juggling at the moment, I don't think I can sustain that type of training. Um, But it does bring back some great memories. And I think we did a lot of VO2 max sessions back then. And I think it has shifted when you start doing more endurance type of races. And I know endurance can range from anything these days, from let's say a marathon type of distance in trail running to a hundred miler and people doing 200 milers these days. Um, I would rather say, I think my specialized distance is between the 30 and the 60 K on trail. So I think once you start doing some ultra training, I think I, Shifted my training to more like lactate threshold type of training, so um, a little bit of longer interval sessions, but not as high intensity. Um, but I think it's still important to mix things up and to still do do some shorter shorter intervals and do some track and track and field work. Um, I think there's a lot of benefits that you can get from track training. Um, and it's something that I still do on a weekly basis, although I'm, I'm training for the trails and I always come back to the fact that I'm convinced when you work on your flat, flat end speed and your, um, you are actually improving your climbing as well. Um, it was a, and we can chat about it a little bit later, but what I've seemed to notice when I started just focusing on a lot of, 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 of climbing, um, Yes, my strength did improve, yeah. but I could feel that I'm losing some of my eye and speed and my climbing ability, my peer and my peer climbing speed has not improved as a result there of it actually yeah. plateaued a little bit. And it's one of the things and that's what I love about training. Some one of the things that I really want to work on now again is doing some some shorter, flatter stuff and um seeing what the impact will have on on my 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 climbing ability
0: awesome oh, that's that's so cool and it's nice for me to hear that you still love the track after being on it for, for almost 20 years and um i think a lot of trail runners struggle to work in those speed sessions they don't like the tar they don't like the tartan um so no that's that's really cool to to hear and to be focusing on understanding that there's there's multiple elements to to trail running that there is definitely room for flat running and speed you are, for your training I think some, uh, something that's interesting for me is how do you approach looking for gains when you're working in such a small margin I think working with athletes you would see now people who go from kind of they haven't run before and they start running you just see these crazy improvements in the first couple of weeks and months because you've gone from nothing, you've applied a stimulus and you're seeing gains. But after twenty odd years of mixing, matching, changing, shifting, yeah, how do you approach kind of looking for for small improvements?
1: Yes, I think there's a lot of things that you can look to try and improve. And I think the the most fundamental things is obviously trying to get as much sleep as you can and which is not always possible. Um because of, of life getting busy um, but it is true you only as good as you recover I think I think that's super important um, is to try and improve your recovery um, I think there's there's always some gains that you can can get there and then trying to e- eat healthy. Um, I think I went through a patch um, that I really struggled with my health especially absorbing nutrients and after a lot of Trial and error um, just saw that I had to make some dietary changes, and I think that was one of the, the key areas where I could improve. Um, it's exactly like you say when you have been running for a very long time; it's very difficult to get those marginal gains. Um, so you have to look more realistically and see look to your look to your running career as a more um, rounded approach. Um, And therefore that was one of the things that I, that I really looked into and that I really neglected was my, my, my recovery previously and my, my training, my eating habits. Um, These days I actually do think it's important to mix up training quite a lot, um, to do a combination of shorter and longer stuff. And, to keep it interesting um i know there's a lot of athletes that talks about the importance of it but i think it is very important to to expose yourself to to different stimulus in training to shorter stuff quicker stuff stuff that you not necessarily are is your strongholds, um and i think that's one of the exciting things when you start plateauing on on the trail a little bit, you can start, try to improve your 5 or your 10k p- p- speed. And um, before you realize, you will see the improvements in your trail running again. And I think that's one of the things that I'm actually looking forward to next year is um, doing some more road running and mixing it up. And we can get into that a little bit later on. Um,
0: um, I saw some exciting updates coming through. I was like, yes. you...
1: And I think that keeps it exciting. That keeps me motivated. Um, and just focusing on the whole process um, is 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 what I think is very important for longevity in the sport. Right.
0: And in terms of looking at your, I mean, how how often are you taking a look at your own data? You are. I think sometimes if you're constantly checking on something day to day, especially if you're doing like a specific block towards a race um we're going to get more into what you're focusing on now but your your thresholds speed heart rate things like that are you kind of constantly looking at and changing it are you running more on feel where are you relying on kind of data and where are you kind of looking at i need to make this change not because it makes sense in my training log but because i need a change of scenery
1: <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> and i think exactly like you now say um i think As anything in life, balance is very important, and the data is going to give you a lot of information and going to give you um, some insight into how your body works and reacts and absorbs training. But I think sometimes you have to go with your gut as well, and I think that gut instinct comes with many years of running and a lot of experience. looking back on my training locks, some of my best races came when I least expected it. Um, and some of my worst races also came when I least <laughs> expected it. So it's not always so clear cut when, when training's going well, it automatically translates to, to great results. Yeah. Sometimes these results come... When you had a break or you were sick or you just came came out of an injury um, and you worked on some different stuff. And I think that's the the importance of of doing some strength training as well in in off season or when injured is uh, working on those areas that you usually neglect. Um, I'm a typical runner, so you can ask us to run three hours, but 15 minutes of strength or (laughs) uh, stretches are too much. And... Unfortunately, I have to consciously work on it and tell myself to go and do it. Otherwise, I ne- neglect it very, very quickly. And um, we only tend to do this th- stuff when we are injured, yes. and when we run well, we neglect them. And I think there is a there is a big there is a big gap to improve. There is to to still be disciplined in your in your strength training discipline and your um stretches and doing the small stuff right. Yeah. I think that's one of the 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 areas that's most neglect, ne- neglected and just that discipline of doing it daily um I've I've heard a gr- great quote about about strength training and it is it's better to do less more often than more less often. So for example it's better to do fifteen minutes of strength three times a week than doing forty-five minutes of strength for one times a week. Yeah. Um yeah. So
0: that's awesome. It's nice to hear that that even the the pros are stretching and doing strength. I think um there's a massive it's awesome like how much kind of airtime trail running's getting at the moment. It feels like there's this momentum of people sharing stories there's a lot of chat about the trails and I think you see these epic mountain photos these epic finish line photos and some cool training pics and it usually looks like fun workouts and I, I hardly ever see somebody make a post about their rolling or their strength probably because they don't want to be doing it so it's nice to hear that that you guys do work on that <laughs> um and then you I think this is the the part the prepping for this even when I initially kind of got in touch with you I was like we we need to chat about the otter. I feel like uh, we all want to hear about it. But as I was investigating, kind of, I I had this idea of talking to you about about otter and the the sub four hours and how you're feeling and 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 we will get there. But in the last couple of years, it seems like there's been more than just looking at the otter in terms of focus for you. It looks like you find FKTs or roots or races with really intense records or FKTs, and then you want to go and break them. Uh, I think, yeah, Mafadi Peak was a cool example of that. That was documented. Even your Hufayster effort, yeah. So, and it's a range from, like, real, like, mountainous wild running all the way down to, like, as close to the ocean as you can get. Um, so I just want to know, what is your, your fascination with setting up records on these trails? Like, what what drives that?
1: Yes, I think... I love the FKT scene um, and the concept of it. I was first introduced to it in 2015. I was in my final year of varsity studying and just before going overseas and representing South Africa at the World Trail Running Champs, um, my brother actually visited the Drakensberg and there's a peak in the Drakensberg in the Mongskal area called Sterkorn. Now Starcorn quite a beast and um, my brother went hiking there and he told me about this peak and he thought it would be a cool idea to actually run it as fast as you can. And I had no concept of the Drakensberg. I had no idea what I'm, what's in store for me. And he actually, uh, we went to the Drakensberg and he, he said I must do the FKT. And I remember we arrived there on the, I think on the Sunday and on the Monday, we went to scout the route and I was blown away by it. Um, I thought it was an easy route and it was so much different from what I've ever experienced. I I was at that stage, I was training in, in Panakuk Porch, that's it's as flat as a pancake. And yeah, I had a 1,500 meter climb in 8Ks um, and I was terrified by it, especially the downy when there's some one or two more difficult sections that you really have to be careful. Um, and I went to do it the, the next day. Um, and I loved the concept of it. I remember getting myself some bamboo sticks as as <laughs> as, as hiking sticks to, to to run up there. And from that time we actually loved it. And I've gone back to to Mafadi ah to to um, one of my my, I think one of that's one of my better FKTs is is the Starcon FKT that I eventually. I think the first time I went to 16 on it, and um, one day when I did not did not expect it, I went sub two hours and I was super chuffed with that effort and I'm not sure if I can do that again. <laughs> it was just one of those days that everything clicked, and then I think. Mafadi was always one of those in the back of my mind, um, that I wanted to do. Um, it's the highest peak in South Africa. It's iconic. Um, it's a cool route. I loved the New City area in the Drakensberg. Um, and we, we had quite an adventure there. Um, we did it as a, as a project for the North Face and it was myself and two mates and, um, my brother and the two mates went there to to shoot the documentary. And that whole week, we basically just had rain. Um, yeah. There was no sunshine, <laughs> the rivers was flooded. Um, I eventually had to take a little bit of a longer route um, because I could not cross the first stream. Oh, <laughs> um, wow. So, yeah, that was quite an epic experience, but I loved it. I love the idea of being out there pushing pushing your limits, you can do it anytime um anywhere and that was one of my greatest memories um and then hoof um was actually by fluke and you chatted about the rampokers um just previously um and it was interesting how we got that name and I don't know if I'm allowed to say it but <laughs> We actually, we're just training in, in Jonkershoek and it was just out of lockdown in 2020. Um, it was crazy times and um, I had a work permit and I came through to Stellenbosch um, for work. For work. <laughs> actually just mentioned that one day that we should go for the Uweister FKT and Daniel and myself were complete Jonkershoek novices. We had no idea what to expect and... Kyle is Mr. Yonkashuk. It's incredible how smoothly and how quickly he moves over this technical terrain. And he was basically our tour guide. We just hanged on. And we magically went sub eight. I think it was still one of my my greatest memories, mountain memories um, to date. And...
0: I think just give us an idea of how difficult it is like to go sub bad. What are you what are you facing on the Yonkers course? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yonkers v- u- horseshoe, I don't think anything can prepare you for that. Um I think especially that section up to its old corp. Um, I think we got to we got to Berg River Neck on four hours, just just under four hours and we took a five minute break and then just went for it, and at swartbos we took a little bit of a break again. And I think it was five hours at swartbos Klüf, and Daniel and myself saw Alkop um, H- just to the to the left of us, and we yeah. thought, oh, it's only half an hour to the top of Alkop. How long how were we? Um, I think that 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 false summit. You you see the false summit, and then you summit, and then you just see. Halkop goes on forever. Um, I think, yeah, I remember getting to the top of Alkop, and I had no solid food the whole day. I only had jowls oh, with no. me and actually a little bit of purity, oh. baby purity. And I remember getting to the top of Halkop and I was so hungry. I could eat everything. Um, <laughs> And eventually getting to Stellenboschberg and we were so tired and completely exhausted we haven't done much endurance training yeah. through lockdown. So yeah. it was a massive effort. And one of the, uh, there was a lady on a group, I think it was a mountain club of SA group. Yes. And one of the ladies said, who's these Rampokers on our, on our mountains? And we actually took it as a compliment <laughs> and rephrased ourselves or doubted, doubted ourselves as the, as the Rampokers. Um, we still have a... Rampoker group where we sh- <laughs> often share some information and we always love lo- laugh about the story. So, yeah, the FKT scene is so cool. You can pick any any route. Um, it's some routes that I aspire to do. I think next for me is p- um, probably the northern traverse of the Drakensberg. Um, mm-hmm. So from Sentinel F- Vetsisuk car park to. Um Cathedral Picotel, I think that's one that I really want to do with my two brothers, but both of them are dads at the moment, and they don't sleep and they don't uh, train uh, enough so one day <coughs> when when everything aligns, we'll go for that when
0: babies become toddlers there'll yeah. be a there'll be a gap for you to do that um no that's awesome you are and and something like uh the the Giants Cup trail I mean the record that was there you raced alongside your your good friend Daniel uh I think you guys even stayed together I remember bumping into you guys at the spa in in Underberg and I was like oh I think you said yeah you you know both racing the same distance tomorrow and then I was like I wonder what the vibe in the house is going to be like tonight but I think I saw just such good camaraderie and then both of you ended up dipping under that that six hours but did you make a decision I mean do you look at like there's a record on this. I want to see if I can go under or did it just fit into your, your kind of training plan for the year?
1: Yes, I think it just fit into my training plan for the year. Um, Daniel and myself actually shared the room uh, that <laughs> previous evening. Nice. There was, obviously we are good friends and, but we are also rivals. So there's always that little bit of tension between fr- um, being friendly and also being rivals. And you could sense it in the air, but Obviously, we just love to, to compete and push each other. And whoever takes it for the day, yeah. we are stoked for each other. And Daniel is an incredible ultra runner. I don't see myself that experience over the 60K distance. So um, I we basically just shared the workload. And it just turned out that we, we stayed together for over 50 kilometers. And towards the end... Um, we it was every man for himself um but one of the one of the greatest memories um running with friends i had some 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 i'm in a very fortunate position where i had some good rivals and friendly friendly rivalries with with some some mates out there and um i'm stoked when when i get the win but i just I'm just a stoker. If they have yeah. their day and, and and take the win, so that's the beautiful thing about our sport is I think that camaraderie is still there, mm-hmm. and we can sh- share that passion and that that sense um to 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 push each other and see what we can do.
0: That's awesome, and I uh, I think it's a good segue into into chatting about Otter. I read a post that you wrote. I think it was after Otter last year where you were almost yeah. hitting the the wall. You were feeling. I think it was just after Okus, I saw you and Kane come running past, um, I was lucky enough to be on the route at the time, and, and I just thought to myself, like, oh, epic, you guys looked like a team when you came past, it almost looked like you were doing a, like, a race as a team, you guys versus everyone else, and uh, it seems like he really motivated you through some dark patches, and that he said, "We you, come on, we need each other. Um, and I think that's so special uh, that you guys both operate at such a high level. You've both got really impressive times on on a route like the Otter and and the Cape Town um, Trail Marathon. But that you can work together like that is
1: cool. Yes, I've, I'm very fortunate also in that regard. I had some some great memories and shared some shared many a mile with with Gain, especially on on the Otter route and the past two years, also on the Cape Town Trail Marathon route. Um, it's interesting on on Otter, we always used to run together and we're on Cape Town Trail. Um, we almost never run together and it's just oh, the only time we are together is when we are passing each other, but oh. we never, never really work together. I think it's just different streams. Um but yeah, in, in Otter last year, um, I ran almost 35 kilometers with with Kane, and I think the previous year we also shared almost 30 kilometers. So we had some some great time, out, some great time out there, and we always get that sense that it's gonna going to be a good day to to share. Um, I think, like you said last year, I went through a dark patch and. Kane actually motiv- motivated me to just stick it and um, to toughen up a little bit. And um, it's always great if we can help each other push our limits and see what we can do on that trail. Um, Kane's such a such a legend of the sport and a great guy over great guy overall. And I have massive respect for him, and I'm sure he has likewise for me. And I think that's special about the camaraderie is we respect each other, um, not only as athletes, but also as humans. Um, And then I think we are both curious to see what we can do. And when you are curious about anything in life, that's where there is potential to tap in and to see what we can achieve.
0: Yeah. Exciting things happen and come out of that place. And, you're with Otter, I actually didn't know this until I prepped for, for our chat today, that that you had a kind of a, a false start to Otter, you you wanted to run, and you I think for two years in a row you had battled an injury, or was it just one year, the torn calf, before you actually lined up and managed to, to run, uh, and then I could not believe that you took almost two hours off your time from one year to the next, I think that's just incredible. Um, but I mean, you've been, I know you as, as one of the auto athletes. I think I, I met you at the auto trail and, um, what, what brings you back every year to that?
1: The fact that you can only run the trail once a year, (laughs) I think, um, like you said, the first year that I did it was in 2018, previously I was injured also before and and I could not run, and 2018, I was really fit. It was the Golden Trail Series year, and I was looking forward to it. Training's been going well, and basically, on the last speed session, nine days out uh, before the race, I actually got injured, but decided to still go and see, and hopefully, the injury will hold up. Unfortunately, it was not the case, um, but it was still one of my best memories out there because I could really enjoy the trail and soak it all in. Um, and I remember that experience that I gained that first year, I think I ran over six hours, hobbled my way to, to, to the finish line. I would not recommend it really. I was out for, I think, 10 weeks afterwards. Um, so I did some damage, unfortunately, but in the moment it was definitely worth it. Um, It's just one of those special trails, I think, untouched, um, that coastline. Um, It's just undulating the natural forest, the ocean to your left hand side, Grands Crossing, Um, just so many beautiful sections on that trail. Um, It's very hard to describe and you really have to go and experience it for yourself and see what's out there. it's one of my big dreams to actually go and hike the route as well. But unfortunately, there's a massive waiting list and when when there's some space left or they let you know um, that there is a new slot available, it's always on short notice. Yeah. Or it's in the middle of the winter.
0: Maybe in ten years' time you can pitch a thought to start with a hiking pack and just like take it easy, stop along the way.
1: I think I think definitely when I when we have kids of our own, I'll <laughs> I'll go and do that and just show the, show them the otter route. It has a special place in my art and I will probably if God's willing, I will probably go back there until I'm a old bali. Um <laughs> it's all it's already my sixth seventh otter, I think sixth otter this year. So very fortunate and privileged to be going back there and super excited about it.
0: And I mean, that's T t minus like four days until you, you're lining up to do the prologue, um, which is going to be on the Nature's Valley side this year. And then you're running from Storms River to Nature's yeah. Valley. You're finishing, you're finishing with that epic uh, water finish, which is where you had the run of your life in 2019. I don't think I'll ever forget your face when you came over that finish line. Uh I think you just had an incredible day out. Um, And I know that everyone is probably kind of waiting, wondering who's, it's always who's going to go sub four. I think there is actually quite a few athletes uh, on SA soil who could do it. Um, If everything comes together on the day, you definitely being one of them. But is that something you think about as much? I know last year you actually didn't run with your watch. You ran on, on feel, which I think I also didn't know that. I was like, wow, that's a, I was like, is that risky or is that smart when you're kind of approaching a record time? And yeah, how how are you going to be running this year? What's what's kind of going through your mind as you prep this week?
1: Yes, I think previously, I think I was more obsessed with going sub four when I got very close in 2019. I think still think that was one of my best runs of my life. It was just one of those days where everything comes together. Where you really have a feel for the trail. Um, you in the zone, you don't think about anything else, and I basically had no bad patches. Um, just had a strong run, and it's very difficult to to try and recreate that. Um, and I knew it's going to take one heck of a performance to try and beat that, but I don't think it's impossible. Um, I'm much stronger now and m- have more experience, but. It's just so difficult comparing Otter year to year because the the trail changes so much and the tide plays a massive role, how high the rivers are, Um, the weather plays a a role. So it's so very difficult to to say this is the exact time that I'm aiming for. You can have uh, a, a time in your head, but when you get out there it becomes irrelevant because the trail changes so much. We had these crazy weather the past month or so, and I'm not sure what it would do to the, to the trail. So I'm not sure what's going on there. I saw some, some photos of the cattle barren at Storms Riverside that was completely destroyed. Yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely going to have an impact on the route itself. Um, and so it's so difficult. I'm just, there to to go and enjoy it to to run as fast as I can from point A to B. Um, I actually ran with a with a watch last year, and it's actually this year. It's the plan to, to run without a watch. Okay. Um, so let's see how that goes. Um, I think I think getting too obsessed about timing and hitting your splits at each at each um, hut um can have a negative effect on, on your mindset if you don't hit those those splits. So yeah. I actually want to free myself from that mental burden.
0: Yeah. And just give just, yourself that time to Yeah, if you if it's not going according to plan, forty two Ks is a long way. There's a lot that you can do and pull together, I think, um, even if maybe one section doesn't doesn't go according exactly, to plan. Exactly.
1: And I think even every section differs so much from the from the next one. Um I think for example the one between Storms River and Kubu is so technical and then from Andre out towards Nature's Valley is so quick. Yeah. And then you have the sections in between, which is there's some fast sections, some slower sections. Um so it's so difficult to say what you, you will do in uh, on the day. Um so I'm just gonna go out there, see what my body can give me, and hopefully we can get a few guys to push each other and then there's a lot of potential. And if it's not me and it's someone else, I'm just gonna be as stoked for them as it as I am for myself.
0: That's awesome. You are and, and what is your favorite section of the, the otter trail? Do you like swimming? Do you like that blowcrans <laughs> crossing?
1: Favorite section of the otter trail. Probably the last kilometer. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's difficult to say. I think probably between the most difficult section I would say is on the Otter direction. It's probably be between Manchi Point and Andre. Um that section towards Blochrons is quite difficult. There's a lot of um, sections on on some of the technical um, rocks that that's very slow and you are quite tired by that time. And then you go through Blaukrans, and then the section between Blaukrans and Andre, it's short section, right. it's only two or three kilometers, but it's just so rough and just where it comes in the, right. in the race. And I think if you can, can hold it together there, you're setting yourself up for a, uh, for a strong finish. Nice. Um, so i know that's that's a that's a crack section so i would say probably that section let me say that's the that's my fav- favorite section so that i can probably that i can hopefully overmend override my mental mental block against it
0: it's gonna serve you well in a couple of days time um that's so cool are yeah, it's nice to hear that you still have a love just for the trail it's not just about the time i mean it's a beautiful place uh yeah, um the Otter Trail, every every single time I see somebody finish who's done it for the first time, they they it's always just like, Wow, even if the day out was hard, it's like it was worth it. Um the pain was was worth it. So that's so cool. Absolutely. Um and you I mean you were we're chatting about now your your experience. Um obviously you've got a lot more auto you've had more Otter experience now, you've been racing for longer. And I think in the last Two years, you've spent quite a bit more time in Europe. I know you said in 2015 you were over there, um, but yeah, it seems like last year and this year you've been been over there. And um, your your last run there was OCC, actually, just a few weeks ago. Can you believe that? It just feels so long ago. But uh, you mentioned that was a tough day out OCC. Um, we'll get to that. But how did your your prep look, training wise, leading up to your your time in Europe?
1: Because I think. European racing are so different to South African racing. Um, I think we are very used to a lot of technical trails and more slower type of runs where you go to Europe and there's also a lot of climbing, but it's much smoother. It's almost running on a highway. Um, It's road running on mountains. And uh, in in theory, that should suit me um but I have find it difficult and I think I'm not the only athlete that I find it difficult. I think there's a lot of South Africans that that' gone over there and, and 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 tried and and have have learned some some harsh lessons um so it's yeah taking I'm not not taking Tony McCann into account here um, but we can chat about that now um so, yeah, it's just a little bit different. I think the altitude plays a role. I think there's a lot of, um, I think the different culture, you perhaps eat a little bit differently before the race. Um, I think there is probably a little bit of racing anxiety going into a race like that. Yeah. Um, cause there's a lot of good athletes. That's very, very good and experienced on the, on that type of terrain. Um, And everything's just a little bit different. You're not as comfortable as you are um, at home. It's not your culture. You eat a little bit differently. You perhaps don't sleep that well. It's a long travel. So I think that that all plays a role in in your preparation. Um, But that being said, um, my preparation leading up to OCC has been great. and I could not ask for a better preparation. I was really hitting my splits. I was eating the workouts. Um, everything was directing and going into a direction where I actually had some high expectations. Yeah. Um, but sometimes these things does not work out and, and running is not linear. And so it's so difficult to say what went Went wrong. I think there was some factors and we can go into the detail now, but um, it was still a great learning experience. And I think one of the things that I, that I learned out of that experience is set high standards for yourself, mm-hmm. but have low expectations because then you are going to m- be more process orientated. And um, one of the, f- one of the, Things that I struggled with afterwards is um, the question of, is it all worth it? I actually went over to Europe three weeks before and this year um, in South Africa. It's still a growing sport, so most of it was self-funded. I had to take off work. There was a lot of mental, emotional and financial focus going into that and um, sacrifices going into that. And then... It's difficult when these things doesn't work out like the way you want it to um and I really struggled with that afterwards. I think that was the biggest thing that I had to to work through and i have a uh, I have a great friend and we actually had a discussion about it, and I asked him, Is the sacrifices worth it yeah. and he just asked uh asked me a question almost in the line of. Imagine yourself 50 years from now on and you're sitting there in the old age home and you're sitting on, on the stoop and thinking back over your life and thinking that you have made some sacrifices and perhaps you have failed, but you're not going to have any regrets about making those sacrifices. Rather, have, rather be content that you, that you put in the effort and gone to those extremes that you tried and gone to those extremes to try and give yourself the best ability and, and chance to, to to make a success of it, mm-hmm. than having the regret of not trying at all. And I think that was significant when he said that um, it was as if a light switched in my head and it just changed my whole perspective on it. And looking back to it now, um, it's not something that i regret regret um it's something that I'm extremely grateful for, and I always see things in perspective so although I had did not have the day that I wanted it to have out there um I still had the uh, had the chance to run fifty kilometers through the Swiss and French Alps, and yeah. it's not something that um Everyone can do, and has the the chance to do. So I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And I think sometimes we learn more out of our failures, and not that it's a failure in the sense that it was a disaster, but just I had some I, I had I had expectations um, for for the result, um, but. Definitely worth it, and so grateful for having that experience.
0: And I mean, there was a lot of really great South African athletes racing on the day. I think uh, not just on the day, but over that week. And I think uh, it was awesome for me to see everybody backing one another. Uh, That that was great. And even I was streaming. I was actually in Cape Town for a meeting, and I was streaming, and I was I was like messaging other other coaches. Erin being one of them, being like. (laughs) We're all on the edge of our seats we're backing our own athletes we we're backing our friends watching you guys race and i think you you all did us extremely proud even though not everyone had the day they were hoping for um yeah i think that is that is always challenging um but you do have a lot of people backing you from from sa shores on those on those races and i mean seeing tony have the run of her life was just incredible um but yeah watching all the sapper flags just make it to the finish line was was a highlight um But you you mentioned it briefly now, um, the kind of competitiveness and the level of of athlete that you encounter there. Uh, A lot of the Europeans training and racing there, some of the the Americans and uh, kind of I'm sure there's people from other places that are also strong athletes. But it seems like there's more of a move to not only be dialed in from a physical perspective. It's like mentally you need to be totally like focused and show up on the day just because the level of competition is so high. I mean, that's me looking in from the outside. Any comment on that?
1: Yes. Uh, before I go into that question, um, I just want to briefly also uh, mention something that I think is important. And I think it's something that's often overlooked. Um, I think if you look, for example, at Tony's run, which was incredible, world-class performance, and we were so stoked for uh, to fly the South African flag that high and showcase the world, the amount of talent that we have um and it was incredible seeing her run that smoothly on that type of terrain and I was really really stoked to see that Um, but I think one of the things that are overlooked and if you look at some of Meg McKenzie's past Mm -hmm. results as, as well is they are athletes that that made the sacrifice to moving over there And I think spending time there, not only three weeks, but still spending months and perhaps years there on that type of terrain and getting used to that culture, getting used to those mountains, the big uphills, the big downhills. I think that is a massive... uh, That that plays a significant role in how you perform there. And I think, one, unfortunately, we are so blessed here in, in Cape Town with beautiful trails and some of the greatest trails on earth. But I think... And I've said it before, I think one of our our, our Achilles heel in Cape Town is we are not really exposed to altitude that much. Yeah. And I think being exposed to altitude um, plays a significant role, especially there going, regularly going up to over 2,500 um, meters above sea level there. Um, I think in South Africa, we can perhaps try and go to the Drakensberg. But like you know, not always realistically uh to go to the Drakensberg for four weeks um and and train beforehand for a race so um I think that that's one of the significant um factors that 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 Tony has run so well and that mm. um uh, Meg McKenzie has run well there yeah. um and I think yeah, I think all of us has to pay some school fees and sometimes I think we We stop just before we get a break through performance there, and I think um that's the that's the thing that that keeps you improving and keeps me humble is to go there seeing those athletes there um the way they train the mentality that you have to have to to try to race there and i'm I'm convinced that we I'm not saying we will win against those guys and those those athletes, but I think if we can replicate some of the performance we had in South Africa, and we can just replicate it there, I think that would be some of our best performances in South Africa is very close to a top 10, or definitely a top 10 at the UTMB. Yeah, uh them a run for their money. Yes, to give them a run for their money. So I think a lot of athletes go there, and we think we have to smash the ball out of the ballpark. Um, rather than just having a solid day. And I think we put a lot of external pressure on ourselves trying to, 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 to smash the ball out of the ballpark and hit it for a six rather than just talking here in cricket terms, rather than just playing your eye in, getting in there, taking your singles and your doubles and here and there the occasional boundary and just have a solid overall day. And I think that can still translate to a great performance there, because in Europe, what I've experienced is a lot of the athletes the race starts very fast, and then a lot of the guys fade, and then a lot of the athletes fade towards the end, yeah. so just having that ability to to just be conservative and just i just be conservative in the in the beginning and then working yeah. your way through and then that on. And hang on that being said, I think there is definitely um some room for improvement where we can we can definitely um try and be more aggressive as well um so it's a very difficult balance between aggressive and going out and 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 being conservative at the same time
0: and i think knowing i mean knowing those roots um like You probably got there, you maybe did a few reckeys, but you you didn't know the roots like the back of your hand. It's not like here. I mean, the Cape Town marathon course, you're probably like you could talk us through every single kilometer of that course. Uh, so I'm sure like that, that would play a role. And then knowing your competition, I mean, with going out too hard, when to race aggressively, when not, you get a feel for the race strategies of, of the kind of the field around you. And every now and again, there's a wild card, which always makes makes it interesting. Somebody new or, or somebody we haven't seen in a while. So I'm sure that plays a massive role as well in your guys' prep.
1: I think you hit the nail right there on. <laughs> um, exactly like you say, I think it's South Africa. We are used to knowing the competition, starting a bit more conservatively and then working our way into the race where these races start fast and you... Mm-hmm almost out of your comfort zone from the start. And I think that's one of the things that I actually want to to train differently is to, to do some of my longer runs and to do the first half an hour almost at race pace and then settling into your run. Yeah. Where areas usually we do our training, our long runs, we start easy and we work into it. Yes. I think that is some of the changes that I would do in, in, in the future and change in the future. Um, and then just being mentally prepared like you say I think that is one of the aspects that we neglect a lot um, and then just staying in the moment I think um, when things start to go go in the wrong direction or the direction the opposite direction that we wish it it w- would have gone we tend uh, time tends to go very fast and uh, you almost lose that ability of just being in the moment and um, all those negative thoughts come flooding into your mind and then it's basically over. So just staying calm, staying collective and doing some mental prep um, beforehand, but also not overthinking it. it. Yeah. So that balance is always, always super important and it's fascinating. That's why I love the sport is because you are always going to learn so much and even a runner like myself, having run for 20 plus years, I still learn a lot and I'm excited and curious about where I can improve and see what I can do. And it keeps me humble and it keeps me excited and yeah, it keeps me motivated to try and improve.
0: And you are OCC, I mean, that, that route, what was the highlight on the day for you? I know we've spoken quite a lot about the tough day out, but I mean, the views just looked incredible. But was there anything that really was a highlight?
1: Like you say, the views are incredible. Running through Switzerland and France is with massive views of, of the Mont Blanc Massif just in front of you and having these big mountains and feeling so small. But I must definitely say... The atmosphere is unlike anything you have experienced in your life. Um, running through all those towns, running through each checkpoint, there were so many people. Um, you could just hear them. The support were incredible all over the route. Um, I just enjoyed every every second of it. Although I had some tough times out there, I could not get over the fact that that I'm actually running in OCC in one of the UTMB races, a dream basically that I've been dreaming about for the past 10 years yeah. and here I'm actually doing it. Um, so just being grateful for that experience and just coming into town, into Chamonix and everyone's just shouting and we add our name on our racing bib. So yeah. people just shouting your name and shouting South Africa, cause they could <laughs> see you from South Africa. Um, that was special, and then just seeing all my loved ones at the towards the finish, my wife being there, um, other South Africans being there, everyone's just happy for you and supporting you. And I think the the support that we could, that we felt from back home was overwhelming. Just a lot of people sending us messages and sending us yeah. good luck and wishing us um, well was really humbling, and I really enjoyed the experience overall.
0: You are the sacrifice of, of moving moving there. Do you, do you feel like that's something you would do for a season of your life? Is it something you're thinking about?
1: That's a great question. And Sumay and myself have chatted about it quite a lot. Um, I think if you have asked the question five years ago, I would have done it. But I think I'm quite settled in Cape Town now. Um, I think as I get, get older... Um, your perspective shifts quite a lot. And I think my perspective has shifted quite a lot over the past five or 10 years, especially the past five years where I'm much more family orientated and the fact that I've got great weather here, I've got a culture that I'm very used to. We've got a great living or standard of living in, in, in Cape town. Um, we have our friends, we have our family, we have our community, Um, that's super important to me, and just going over there, just for the sake of, of running, I'm not sure I'm in a position, or that I'm willing to do that, and we had a chat about it, and we are content where we are in life, and it's exciting to go over there and go f- and and train there and do some races there. But it's not a place where I would see myself permanently reside. Um, I think, yeah, if, if running is your end all be all, then um, and when you're younger and you don't have a lot of commitments, then I would definitely say go and do it. Yeah. But I think there's just a lot of things keeping us here in Cape Town at the moment
0: well from my side i'm glad you guys are staying we kind of touched on it now but the sacrifice that south africans have to make to get there and and even i think from the outside looking at someone like tony someone like meg where it looks it's glamorous but you're leaving behind your your community what's familiar all the things um so yeah hopefully we'll have them on the podcast soon to to chat about that and I think you also, there's a couple of great nuggets of advice for those of us who still want to take a lap around the Alps, whatever that looks like, short or long. Um, yeah, I think there's a few people who've, who've qualified, thanks to George Mutt, uh, to go over and race there. So hopefully they can take some, draw something from the advice you've given. You have, this has been so cool. I can't believe how quickly the time's gone. Um, there is... There's a lot of info from kind of your background to how you've been training, what you changed, uh, the otter, the FKTs. It's all going to be in the show notes um, for those who want to go and take a, a crack at any of your, your FKTs. Uh, good luck. But end of end of question, keeping it light and, and easy. What What is your favorite trail and why?
1: That's the most difficult question of the day. <laughs> it's like asking a mother who's her favorite child. Um, I think we are blessed in Cape Town with incredible trails all around the Western Cape, um, from here to the Garden Route, Table Mountain, Yonkersuk, Um, but I think there's two very underrated trails in South Africa, and nobody knows about them, and I think it's some of the best trail running you will experience. The one is Stylitis Nature Reserve and Sprite. Okay. It's the greatest otter preparation that you will do anywhere in South Africa. Um, I've got no doubt about it and I'm nice. still bleak that I left the place or, or, or I don't have um, status to my disposal e- each and every day. Oh, wow. um, incredible place if you ever there go there. And the other one is in Maripskop. There's some trails up on Maripskop um, just above Woodspray. Oh, wow. Almost in Limpopo. Um, incredible trails up there, some of the best scenery that I've ever seen in my life, some natural forest there, um, so green and lush. And then in terms of, I can't, I can't neglect um, my, my, my scallopy, my favorite child to Drakensberg. Um, <laughs> I would say any trail between, I would say, Umweni area and Inesuti, Um there's just so many good trails there and if I can run one mountain range for the rest of my life it would be the dragon even wow. even over even over the Alps.
0: Sure. Cool. I think that those recommendations are gonna get everybody scattering far and wide to to go find them. So that's cool. Um, and you where where can we find you I mean uh, you don't strike me as someone who spends a lot of time on Instagram but uh, I know you have a profile I got a whole lot of info from there but social media I mean Vert Vertco where can we find you guys yes, you
1: can find me on on Facebook Youart van Jerden and uh, Instagram at you van then then I also have a coaching page um, Instagram at Vertco um, that I do that I'm doing some some coaching with, with a great friend of mine Louis Legrancy. Um but yes I'm not the greatest fan of, of social media and you don't see me <laughs> posting that often but here and there I've got some snippets to to share with people
0: awesome so cool yeah thanks for joining us and um, we'll we'll check in again after after Otter after the next little season and we'll definitely have you back before Boston Marathon that's something we actually didn't chat about but the 20 24 season is gonna look nice and fast for you
1: thanks for having me emily really enjoyed the show